So we have to start the show in no small part because Jason Snell is in the chat room as we speak. Coincidentally, I had some follow out to start the show, and I would like to talk about watch faces. Uh, because on Upgrade this week, I believe it was an Ask Up... No, it wasn't... Uh, it was a Snell Talk. Hashtag Snell Talk hashtag at the beginning. The hashtag Snell Talk question from this week's Upgrade was about watch faces and what watch face um, you guys use. And Jason had said that he favors the utility watch face, and you had said that you favor the Siri watch face. And it was funny because I actually like and use both of those watch faces. Hmm. My weekend watch face, when I don't have meetings to worry about or anything like that, is the utility watch face with activity plus plus in the upper left-hand corner, with sunrise or sunset in the upper right-hand corner, and in the full-width complication at the bottom, carrot weather, which I could not agree with your endorsement of carrot weather anymore. It is impossible to agree with it any more than, than I can right now. So, yes, Kara Weather is amazing. However, my weekday watch face, ladies and gentlemen, is a Siri watch face, with which, just like Mike, I tried when, what was it, Watch OS 4, whatever it was, 4.1, doesn't matter. Whenever the, whenever the Siri watch face came out, I tried it thinking, oh, I'll try this and it's going to be garbage and then I'll go back to it, but at least I've tried it. And I have stuck with it for my weekday watch face because, like you, Mike, I like to have my agenda kind of all spelled out right in front of me. And uh, occasionally it does like, you know, some smart things every great once in a while. Who knew? And puts up like, oh, rain is coming. I noticed that earlier tonight. And uh, stock prices, even though I don't really pay attention to that. And if I was all in on uh, on iCloud Photo Library, it would show me more of my pictures. But because I'm not all in on that, it only shows me a couple of pictures. But that's okay. So would you say that you have a watch face for offense and one for defense? Absolutely. How mm-hmm. could you not say that? Who was it that that, that, was, that interview was I from? I believe it was... It was, I was name. It's the. It's the. I was going to say Dan Moran, but that's not his name. <laughs> it's the guy who started Path. What was his name? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Dan uh, something, man. something or other. Come on, well, somebody we'll help us. Dave Morin. There you go. Right. I always Dave Dave Morin, and I always think yeah, of Dan like Morin, and yeah, then yeah. That, that's how that goes. This is why it's easier for me to just refer to him as Dan Moran, and then it's like <laughs> it's way harder for me to get him confused with people. Yeah, I uh, loved Path when it first came out. It was too. so unbelievably well designed, and what I loved it app. for like six months, and then I never looked at it again. Well, it and it was like it was beautiful, and then it got more beautiful. Like, and it, believe it or not, it's still around. It is. It's still around. Wow. Today I learned. Who's using it still, though? Seriously. Like, they had an update in July. Like, it's still happening. Wow. That's, that's, it was such a beautiful app. Like, we're not going to have the time to dig up show notes or uh, links for the show notes with the original images of this app. But, like, it was truly one of the more remarkable, but also user friendly apps that I'd seen on iOS. So, like, a lot of these super remarkable apps. I'll, I'll take Snapchat as an example, and that's a poor example, but it's the first thing that comes to mind where it has like a really unique user interface, but Snapchat's UI, user interface is terrible in my personal opinion because I'm old. But Path was like beautiful, and it was oh really God. clever and interesting. It, like, got, a, got an update on the 6th of November. Like a, like a, I, when I mentioned that one, I meant like a big feature update, but I'm talking like just as a bug fix update. It got updated a month ago. Like it's still in active development. Huh, that's wild. Do I still have a login? Who is using it? I mean, it is a paid for... I do still have a login. Of course you do. It's a paid for app, so... It is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a paid for subscription service. I don't know if it always was, but they always had, like, 
filters and stuff that you could buy. Like there was there was a revenue model. I don't know how how much revenue goes through that model, but it's clearly enough to keep it around. No, you and I are not friends on Path. That was before we met. Would be my I think you're right. Did you just download oh, it? Oh, look at this. No, I'm looking at it on the web, but look at this. I went to the heart on the web, whatever that means. So I have it's six years that I've been a member of Path, apparently. 318 moments, but the most recent moment that I see here, you'll never believe this. It is so apropos that I'm talking to you. Casey, four years ago, connected ever picks. That Oof. digs that just straight through the heart. I'm trying straight to see through if, the heart. If I have a login. I'm not. I'm not doing a good job at logging in. I don't think I, mean, I, I haven't even opened one password because I assume it's not in there. Uh, mine was in there. there for what it's worth. Mine wasn't in there. I think that was before I was using one password. Hmm. I don't think there's any mechanism on the web to make a friend with you. That's too bad. Oh wait, hang on. Now I kind of want to install this. I'm in. Oh dang! I've got like old command space artwork. I have friends that are still using it. Really? Well, I have no, one I, friend. I have one friend who is the only person using it, but he uses it all the time. Oh, it looks wow. like he uses it as like a public day one. Ah, that's interesting. Hmm. All right, I'm going to have to download this while we're, I don't know, doing something. But we should move on for now. So anyway, so uh, that's my follow out, which is, like I said, apropos because Jason's in the chat room. So what have you been up to? <laughs> um, so I'm traveling again. Um, of course you are. You're coming back to the not so great United States. Yep, uh, I'm going to uh, Seattle for PodCon. Uh, of course. So that's that's happening. I'm excited about that. Um, How long is that trip? Because that's got to be fun. Uh, that is going to be Thursday, leaving England, arriving back in England the following Wednesday morning. I meant the travel, but actually that question too, oh, as it turns out. How long does it take to fly there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's like San Francisco, and that's like 12 hours. Is that right? Yeah. Where is my PDF here? And I can tell you. It will take, it doesn't say, a lot of hours. <laughs> many, answer. many, many hours. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's best for me not to know. But like it hasn't got it on my booking confirmation. Maybe I could just log into my web like log into the virgin website and find out for you which we're doing lots of logging in on this week's episode (laughs) it is the login episode oh Oh, this is so much more boring looking what is is? way boring the path compared to the way it was oh yeah now it just looks looks like like an ios app app, right like before it was like a big big thing right like it did all this cool stuff they do still have the timeline slider on the right that's pretty cool it hmm. is a nine hour and forty minute flight. Oh, that's not near as bad as I thought. Yeah, I mean, that's still nowhere a near as bad. Like Vegas was way worse than that. Vegas was like eleven. Because I guess because hmm. it's up high, right? So you go up and over. Ah, uh, right, 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 right. So that would be my expectation. So that's why it's way quicker than like getting to San Francisco or something because we're not going going down. Hmm. Is that a direct flight? That is direct, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, uh you excited for it? Or are you excited for your signing? Yes, I am. I'm apprehensive for all of it because I don't know what to expect, but I'm excited about it too because even if everything goes terribly for me personally, there are a bunch of things that I'm excited about, like 
podcasts that I enjoy that are doing live shows, and I have some friends that I know are going to be there now. And I'm, yeah, I'm, it's going to be good. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I feel pretty prepared. I've still got more preparation that I want to do for my panel, um, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. Like the the thing is, I've never I've never interviewed five people. Well, okay, I haven't with any frequency interviewed five people at once. But like, I feel like I could just go into interview mode and I'll be fine, you know. Plus, it's like it is yeah. about a subject that I know intimately, right? Podcast networks. Mm-hmm. So, so, who's on the panel? So the panel is going to be uh, is actually kind of stacked in a um, scary way, I think, which is the way that I've been thinking about it. Uh, Roman Mars. Oh, have you met Roman? No, I have not. Uh, I'm already petrified on your behalf, just knowing that he'll be part of the panel. Christy Gassman and Joseph Fink of Night Vale. Um, They doesn't mean anything. Joseph Fink Fink is on uh, Welcome to Night Vale, and Christy Gassman, um, she is uh, part of the company Night Vale Presents. Gabby Dunn, um, who is a podcaster on the Panoply Network, and Justin McElroy. And have you met any of the McElroys yet? Nope. I will be meeting all of them next week. So basically, you're going to be weeping in a puddle of joy. It's like this entire thing. I have. I feel like I have to play it so cool. You know, like this is what I'm like working out right now. It's like, how cool do I have to play it? You know, just be like, oh hey, yeah, nice to meet you. Oh yeah, I listened to your shows. I I wonder. I probably would try to play it cool, but I wonder if the best approach is to just lean into it and be like, hey, I just need to get this out of the way now so I can be an adult for the rest of the day. Oh my God, I freaking love your stuff. No, see, it's it's too much though because they don't know me, but they know I'm a podcaster and they know I'm popular enough to be there, but they don't know who I am, right? So I feel like my my plan is like to introduce, do the busy stuff and then maybe like another point, just be like, by the way, I just want to tell you how much I love your shows. Right, like, and then mm-hmm. maybe like see, like stage it out, right, and to see if it if they're interested in talking to me at all, and then I can mm-hmm. be like, oh, BT Dubs, we have a bunch of mutual friends. I can list them all for you, so you know that my credentials are good. <laughs> yeah, who are the mutual friends that you would? Well, is that? Na- it, yeah, I don't need to, need to do that. We don't need to do that. But okay, we have lots of mutual friends. But, you know, so I don't know. I'm trying to be chill about it. At this point, I will say at this point, I have met every other one of my podcasting heroes and dealt with it pretty well. So I feel like I can do the same here, too. Like, I I have a pretty good um, mode that I can get into of being, like, respectful and courteous without being, like, overbearing. And because all I really want to do is be overbearing. And typically that's all anybody needs to do because you don't need to then deal with them in professional context. Like if I was just going to PodCon, right, and was just going to a signing, then I would be like, oh, my God, I love your show so much. You're an inspiration for me. Um, I wish I could, you know, one day do mm-hmm. even close to what you do and the way that you make me your shows make me feel etc etc and then i right. could just leave but <laughs> i have to be around these people for an entire weekend yeah, yeah, yeah. including working with one of them on a panel right so like right. you know i feel like i need to to try and just be a little bit chill about it um 
as Jason says in the chat room, that I dealt pretty well meeting him. And it's true. I remember when me and Jason met for the first time and I was having that thing where I've been like a huge fan of his work for so many years, but didn't want to tell him, you know, like you don't, you yeah, just don't totally. really like considering we were then in like also in like a semi-professional relationship during this conference. And it's like, ah, you gotta like, you gotta balance it. Like if, if they don't have to be professional, then I'll just tell people how much I love their work. But, I don't have that opportunity with PodCon, so. Interesting. So more excited than scared, more scared than excited, half and half? Eh, it's half and half. I feel like I have... Uh, Jason's freaking out now in the chat room. <laughs> it's true, Jason. Deal with it. Chat room delay. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've done enough of these things now that I'm going to be fine. My, my main thing is just... Uh, I have friends that are going, but I don't know if any of those friends are going to be presenting anything. Like, so, or if the friends that I do know that are presenting anything will be there when I'm there, like in and around the environment. So I I am very aware of the fact that I may be spending parts of this time on my own whilst also in big group situations like there are a couple yeah, yeah. of like get together type things like including like a, a, a like for people that backed a, a significant amount of money on the um indiegogo campaign they're doing like a like a meet and greet type thing which i said that i was happy to go along to because i am because i'm there to participate in what they need but my feeling on that is like it's going to be um a bunch of people that don't really know me and people I don't know and it's just going to be me where like most yeah. other people might know at least one other person um, and I kind of don't. I, I know okay so like one person that I am friends with is horrifically popular and I don't think I'll be able to get near him and I also mm-hmm. don't want to mm-hmm. be around him because he's so popular everybody's going to want to talk to him so I don't want to be that guy who's like has to introduce himself every time. So so basically me around you at WWDC. Yeah, like when you're around me and I'm so horrifically popular. That, right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 exactly. I figured that was what you meant. That is yeah. what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> I was only slightly kidding for the record. Mm-hmm. I thought that you were saying that you were slightly popular, so I'd turn it on myself. Um, no, but that is what I... Yeah, I was, I was saying. I mean, people love you. Mike. No, no, no. That you were saying that you were that popular. I thought that this was a big Casey no. moment. But no. when it's actually probably more to that case that the people that go to WWDC, more of them know who you are than me. I don't know. Well, this we got to cut all this out of the show because it's turning into a mutual admiration society. But what I was trying to say was that it is hard for me to get near you because of your screaming, adoring fans. That's, no, that no. was the intention of my original comment. The reason that it's hard for us to see each other at WWDC is because you're in sessions all day and I'm in meetings all the time. <laughs> Actually, that is very true. Right? That's the reason. It's, it's not about anything other than that. I have, I have lots of business obligations and you just bum around the conference. I don't know. I don't know what you do. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it goes. Looking for Ethernet cables or something. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> Ethernet dongles, actually, but yes. Ah, 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 ah. All right, so what's, uh, what's going on with the wedding update? Um, we went for an interview with our local council to make sure that we were marrying under the correct pretenses. Wait, what? This is a thing. You have to go, huh? and they interview you. It's how you got your wedding license. 
and like they make sure that like you're getting married for the right reasons by asking you a bunch of questions to understand how much we know about each other super surface level stuff but like the things that you should know so like they ask birth dates they ask full names including middle names they ask like job like what job you have um, are you sitting with each other while this no. is going on? Or are you in like separate rooms? We're, we're same person, one, and then we like swap over. So like I'm sitting in the waiting room, Adina's in the interview, and then we swapped over. And it's like that super surface level stuff. Thing. Well, but it's to make sure that, the, that these aren't sham marriages or whatever. Huh. And everyone has to do it. It's not just because of uh, Adina's nationality or anything. Right. I don't remember getting my marriage license very well because it was like 11-ish years ago, but I don't remember being grilled at all. It was This is a like, more recent thing here than not. Like uh, it, this has always been a thing where if like a visa was involved, right? Right. But um my understanding is that within recent times this has become a thing uh that they do in the UK. But like it's you can say because I have a friend of a friend who did this like a friend of a friend and the person who was the people that were getting married were were older they were like in the late 50s and they said like we're getting married for tax purposes and like that was okay like it's not like they're not like making sure you're in love they're just right. checking so that's weird yeah we did that and we got we got approved so congratulations to us we have our marriage license now. Well, yay! Well, not That's marriage exciting. license. We have our the right to get married um, in our borough. Well, wow. actually, we're not even getting married in our borough. We're getting married in another borough, but it doesn't matter. Right, they at just exactly Wembley Arena. It's going to be incredible. Um, in fact, you're you're down to the wire. You only have like twenty five ish more days. Twenty six. <laughs> These are all bonanza jokes. Uh, I'm not getting married in twenty five days. But we are very fast mm-hmm. approaching the the actual year of the wedding. So, hey man, I've been doing a lot of running just so I can fit into that green motion capture suit and not mm-hmm. look gross. Mm-hmm. So you you better be getting married in twenty six days or whatever it is. Man, you're telling me about needing to do something. Oh boy. <laughs> Boy. All right, moving on. Uh, there is no particular baby update at this time, um, other than to say. Uh, we have, I think, picked out one of the set of names. We have picked out the set of names for one gender, and we have not picked out the set of names. We don't even have a clue. When you say the set of names, you mean like first and middle? That's correct. All right. Um, so we have we have one of the genders covered. We do not have the other. Well, is it boy uh, or girl you have right? covered? You uh, we have girl covered. You have girl covered. Not, All right. And I'm not soliciting recommendations, listeners. Thank you, but no thank you. I will also not be revealing, even if we have a boy, what the girl name was. But thank you for your interest. Um, this is getting kept very close to the vest, but uh, just that is the best update I have at this time. Okay. Anyway, do you want to tell us about something that's awesome? I would love to, Casey Liss. And this is very apropos considering all the travel that I'm doing, because I'm also going to Romania. <laughs> Uh, oh, wonderful! <laughs> in a few weeks' time for the holidays, uh, I'm going to talk with you about Away. Away are a team of thinkers, seekers, and designers, and they have made smart premium suitcases for under three hundred dollars. This is why they are they are drawn to this. They want your luggage to not have to cost more than your plane ticket, 
And that is what they're all about because they have such fantastic pricing options. They have tons of different options of cases as well. They have over 10 colors now and five sizes, which is perfect for the holiday season because no matter who it is in your life, you're going to have an option for them. But if they're super picky, you can buy them an away gift card so they can make up their mind themselves. Their five sizes are the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, the large, and now the kids carry-on as well for the smaller travelers among us, which is the very cutest thing in the world. Um, The carry-on cases have uh, a battery in them because that's what we all need when we're traveling. We need more battery. Both sizes of the carry-on feature USB ports for battery large enough to travel to charge your phone five times from a single charge which is perfect when you're traveling the globe away bags and accessories are the perfect gift this holiday season because of their lifetime guarantee and 100 day trial basically this is incredible you have a 100 day trial no questions asked return policy with free shipping on any order within the lower 48 states of the u.s so you can actually try this case out the lifetime guarantee if anything breaks they'll fix or replace it for life let me tell you some of my favorite features about my away case the patent pending compression system which makes it super easy to ton to like stuff a ton of things in there and i can so I can zip the thing up i can pull the compression straps and still like i have space to put a laptop inside the compression thing because it's like this this big sheet which is awesome it's got like a hard back to it put it in there zip it up i can put that in perfect the four 360 degree spinner wheels once you go to four you can never go back all other ways carry-ons are compliant with major u.s airlines while still maximizing the amount that you can pack and they have tsa combination locks built in and something i love so much the removable washable laundry bag so you can keep your sep- separated your clean and your worn clothes when you're traveling Travel smarter with a suitcase that charges your phone. Go to awaytravel.com slash analog to find out more. And if you use the code analog at checkout, you'll get $20 off any of their suitcases. Once again, that's awaytravel.com slash analog and the code analog for $20 off. Thank you so much to Away for their support of this show and Relay FM. I was told way back when that four wheels is garbage and they always fall apart and fall off. What you really want is two wheels. And so no. that's what we did when we bought our expensive luggage before no. we went overseas. And this was long before away was a thing. That was so wrong. It's it was the, so wrong. Four decision. wheels is where it's at. Yeah. It's all about four wheels. So you have finally published your car video, Casey on cars. You kept the name. I appreciate the branding. Mm-hmm. It's grown on me. It's grown on me. Casey on cars, by the way. Good. Originally, I didn't Good. like it, but it has grown on me. Uh, the Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio was the... Uh, that was way better than I ever did. Uh-huh, I am impressed. Uh-huh. It's like you talk to an Italian all the time. I know. Imagine such a thing. Um, I'm going to put in the show notes, I'm going to put uh, a link to your blog post where you talk about the video and the car in a bit more detail. And of course, the YouTube video, because that is what it is all about. Um, I want to run through a couple of things that you've already spoken about with the guys on ATP, but I just want to throw my input in just for funsies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe some other little bits which are a little bit more meta for YouTube uh, as well. So I want to give you my thoughts. Uh, I think you mm-hmm. probably have had these. I probably told them to you anyway, but um, I think that you have a very natural presentation style, uh, which is great. You've been able to... Um, Bring along your skills in podcasting over to the video, uh, which I think was fine. Um, you were a little muted, but I understand that. That comes with the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, not the audio. I mean, just like you are no, a no, little no, bit on the... 
your usual enthusiasm levels, but that yeah. comes with the awkwardness of uh, talking into a camera on the top floor of a car park parking garage that's just that's just how these this is how it is um all outside video is awkward that's just you you will never get used to it but you'll just get better at it um Mm -hmm. the video is is longer than i would have liked especially because um i'm not mega interested in the costs like the particulars of this car Mm -hmm. like personally the alfa romeo this Alfa Romeo does not excite me. Um, I don't think that it is a very attractive car. Um, I know I'm in that crew. And mm. so I was only watching it for you. So obviously mm. there is a lot of car talk. And I liked all of the parts that were also including Casey. Whether mm. that mm. would be Declan's cameos and Aaron's moment <laughs> in it, which were really fun, you know, like, and also yeah. when there were interesting visuals, like I liked the lift section. Um, mm-hmm. So when you put the car on the lift, but agree with uh, John that it was just a shame that you couldn't have put that to more use because the car just it just wasn't good for the car. But I know yeah. why you did it because the idea was good. So you were like, "Darn it, I had a good idea. I'm going to follow it through." Yeah. I have well, made plus that mistake. I wanted- I, I wanted something that would make my car videos slightly unique because yes. not a lot of people have access to a lift. No. And so in retrospect, I think I should have done a better job of selling the segment like on the video itself because I basically got on the video and, and said, oh, this is garbage. You know, there's nothing to see here. And and I should have just handled it differently or thrown it all away. But I stand by putting it in. I just think I should have done a better job of making it interesting well let me say i've done this myself like i had a good idea but couldn't execute on it and that's just how it is like and so i understand why you held on to it because the idea is good so mm-hmm. i understand why it's in there but they're just the, the content couldn't there was nothing you could have done the, the, yeah, the car yeah. had was just flat on the bottom it looked like right. it looked like um on gran turismo I mean, if you flip a car on Gran Turismo, it's just like a black <laughs> yeah. expanse, right? right like, right, right. at least when I used to play it on, like, PS2 or whatever. Um, so there was nothing you could do about it. The idea is good. I think it would be better served under different circumstances in the future. So totally. keep it, but but use it when is required. Um, you really, to me, sounded like you knew what you were talking about. I will say that. You sounded very authoritative with your statements. Like, the information was good. You seemed like you understood the car and how it worked and could explain it. So that was good. So yeah, I don't need to tell you uh, the things that are wrong. I wondered what are the things that you would change? I mean, we know the audio is a thing. You've mentioned that a Mm -hmm. bunch. But having watched it now a bunch, having getting feedback from people over the last week and a bit, um, what are the things that you now wish you could change about the video? Um. So there's a bunch of technical bits, uh, and I'm cheating and looking at the show notes, and I see that you've enumerated them in the show notes, and and we can go into them if you'd like. But suffice it to say, there's some technical bits that I should do better, and some of that is experience, some of that is poor choices I made. So in other words, some of it's poor choices, poor choices out of ignorance, some of them are poor choices because poor choices. But the thing that I think I regret the most is that I and I think I might have said this on ATP. I really should have taken a day or two, and that would have meant taking a day or two off work, but one way or another, taken a day or two and sat down and really thought through what am I trying to show 
a, an audience about this and, and tell an audience about this and maybe take, uh, uh, let's say it's Wednesday, take Wednesday and sit down and really think about what is the perp- what is my purpose here and plan out reasonably specifically what this video would look like to the point of probably storyboards. Now they can be very vague storyboards. And I did a little bit of this, but I didn't do enough. And it's hard. I mean, I'm making excuses, but it's hard because I've, I have a pretty busy life. Like on, on the paper, I do nothing all day long, but in reality I'm busy. And so I should have sat down and been more deliberate and then taken, let's say Thursday to go out and get those shots to get the stuff I need to tell my story. And what ended up happening was, knowing that I wouldn't have that time, I just filmed friggin' everything. And pretty much any time I was in the car, something was being filmed, be it me, or the, or the dashboard, or out the front of it, or the cabin, just something was being filmed. And my thought was, in post, if you will, basically after the fact, I'll just stitch this together as best I can. And to my eyes, it is clear that that's the approach I took. And I forget exactly what the, what the, what the flow was of the video, but there was, uh, I wanted to talk about the transmission later in the video than I actually did. And the reason I put it in fairly early in the video was because I wanted to use the segue with with the motor trend guy Mm -hmm. and in you know him closing the door and then me closing the door like i really thought that was a cutesy but but clever transition and i really wanted to use that and that was going to be my introduction to the interior and i really wanted the interior to be early in the video but that forced me to talk about the transmission earlier in the video that i wanted and then i kind of fluffed that aside talked more about the interior and then came back kind of to the transmission later and that like kind of bumpiness I wish I had been more deliberate and done a clearer, like more, more, more linear arc, if that makes sense. Well, linear arc doesn't really yeah. make sense, but do you know what I mean? I do, but the thing is, I don't think that you would have been able to effectively plan this video out any more than you did by doing it on the fly, because something like that, you didn't know that was a problem until you were editing. It's just too late. Yeah, that's a fair point. And yeah, it, that's it a was fair the, point. It was an editing problem which meant you couldn't do that. So, like, my yeah. advice to you is, the idea of this storyboarding thing, don't worry about that for now, Casey, because you don't have, I mean, like, because you can't, you just don't have the knowledge yet of all of the things that will go wrong. You need to make more videos to be able to understand, like, truly, like, how how much stuff can go in a way that is not expected. Like, so, like, for example, I'd made, like, 10 vlog videos before i made my nintendo switch video and was still falling into the exact same problems like it's it's just it is a um it's a case of needing practice before you can really fully understand how to put these things together which actually i'm going to jump ahead in my notes here to uh give a a little bit more follow-out to atp you were talking about like the problem of not being able to make a video before the baby comes Mm-hmm. my advice to you is to find a way to make a video before the baby comes it doesn't have to be another yeah, full yeah. review of a car you could Marco had a great idea about saying to you to go to your cars and coffee and do an almost vlog style video where you could just like show off your cars and coffee 
pick out a couple of the cars, take some footage of them, and narrate over them later on what's interesting about them. So you don't even need to do the awkward stuff where you're speaking. You could just be like, do a little intro, be like, let me talk to you about some cars that I like, and then flip over to your podcast microphone and talk about the things that you're filming. Just just mm-hmm. do that so you've got a video that can come out in a few weeks' time because if you don't do another one, you it will be six months before your next one. Yeah, yeah. I have a fair bit of time off at the end of the year, and I'm hopeful and and, and hoping that I'll be able to do a review of Aaron's car, mm-hmm. but the likelihood that I will, A, have time for that, and B, be able to execute, and C, not have a brand new baby all in that couple of weeks stretch of time is not great so we'll see if that actually works and and i agree with you in principle like i, I that's, this is what i should be doing i just don't know if i'll be able to but I, I my plan sitting here which i'll probably end up reneging on but my plan is to do that or at least get the filming done before the end of the year right, because this, I, what I i'm can, saying is i think you're you're choosing too difficult a goal to achieve in that period of time maybe and you need yeah, to maybe. scale it back and do something smaller and then do another review later on. No one's going to... Of the people that are watching your videos right now, they're not going to be like, hang on a second, this isn't a full car review. Unsubscribe! Sure. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> right? Like Because yeah. the people that, as you have rightly understood, because it's where you are right now, the people that are mostly watching your video right now are people that are already familiar with you, for the, by the most part. Mm-hmm. So, so you may as well just, like... Consider this as just another way to build up some additional skills and just so you're keeping the kind of the creative flame going for a little bit. Try Find something car related and make a shorter video, which is easier for you to make. Find a way to find something to do yeah. there and then make it. You could make a video about like friggin' toy cars. Like it doesn't matter, <laughs> but like just try and do something before I would say before the next big video, which will probably be sometime next year. That would be my serious if recommendation to you that you find yeah. a way to do that because otherwise it's going to be ages. I agree. The only wrinkle that I have in this is that I'm tentatively slated to have another press car in January. So it would be wise of me to try to get another full video out before then is it required absolutely not is everything you're saying now invalidated absolutely not again i understand i understand why you think that but considering you already think you're going to be strapped for time to do another video before january do you think you'll be able to do another one and then another one i don't know yeah i i hear you i don't know i feel like it would be even harder so maybe you should just focus on having the press car in January, which will be the next big video you do, and then a small video in between. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I know I'm not but, winning you over here, but I, I feel like I have to keep saying it in the hopes that it's going to chip something away in your brain. <laughs> Fair enough. I have one more question for you on this. Mm-hmm. Did you shoot this in 60 frames per second? <laughs> if you did, please so, don't do that again. <sighs> You know, so here's the thing. No, there is no thing. Nothing uh, no, 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 is gained. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. <laughs> just hear me out. Hear me out. Uh, so I am of the opinion. Just hear me out. I am of the opinion that if I have a choice between 4K at 30 frames a second and and 1080 at 60 frames a second, I would choose 4K. Now, for a few different reasons that are uninteresting, 
I did not use 4K. No, uh, so of course at that you didn't point, use 4K, Casey. It's your first YouTube video. Well, I'm just saying. Like, I hypothetically, hypothetically, I could have. Like, if I just stuck with my phone for everything, I could have done 4K. It would have been, made me miserable, but I could have done it. Now, that I will tell you said, as well, 4K is horrifically hard to edit with. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, it, but, it's like, so like Steven has continuing struggles and he has to do this weird trick where you like edit a 1080p version and then convert it out to 4K. Like, it's not necessary. Yeah, I don't think I'm at that level yet. So be that as it may, so I was shooting 1080. And at that time, when I was about to start filming, I had like in ATP, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but Marco was going on and on and on about how 60 frames per second at 1080 is so much better than 4K. I'm probably getting that wrong, but that, that was the message I heard, whether or not that was the message that left his mouth. And so since I don't really give a crap and 60 is more than 30, I was like, well, shoot, I guess I'll just film at 60. Why not? And I have had a surprising amount of feedback that that was a poor choice. To my eyes, I don't really see the difference. Right. Like I, I haven't yes. rendered it down to, to 30 frames to like get them side by side. But to me, I don't really care and I can't really tell the difference, but I've heard enough feedback that I will not be making that choice for the next video. There are people in the world like me and like everybody else that you heard to that feels physically uncomfortable when they see 60 frames per second. I do mm. not like mm. the feeling. In video, I do not like it. Like It makes me feel uncomfortable uh, about it. So, yes, there are many people, uh, there are many of our friends that have this exact same problem because I share uh, this with them. Like, yes, you don't, just please don't, please don't. Mm. Especially because <laughs> of the type of stuff you're filming, 60, 60 doesn't help it. I don't care what anyone says, 60 doesn't help it. It only hinders it. Because for most people, the people that don't, that 60 frames doesn't bother them, neither does 30. The, and the, I get the idea of like, shoot the best that you can. But that is the assumption that 60 is, is better when I don't think that it's better. I actually think that it's worse um, for, for the type of stuff that you're going to be filming. Yeah, that so. makes sense. And I'm, I'm right there behind you. So I, I made the choice slightly out of ignorance and slightly by basically shrugging and saying, well, I guess, why not? And in retrospect, that was not the right choice. I really hope that you put another video out soon. I, I a hundred percent agree with everything you said. I, cars and coffee is only every two weeks here. And I think it was this past weekend. So the earliest next cars and coffee isn't until the 16th. So, <laughs> We'll see. If you happen to live in or around Richmond and you see me running around with my iPhone, maybe I should buy a gimbal too, but that's a different issue. Anyway, uh, if you see me running around with an iPhone, especially if it's on a gimbal, then uh, then you'll know what's going on. But we'll I would see. say I, that, I agree that, with that, you. That if you haven't already bought a lavalier, which you probably have by now because you can get those pretty cheap, the next piece of equipment you buy should be uh, a gimbal for your iPhone. Well, uh, yeah. So friends of the show uh, from Studio Neat, Tom and Dan, um, they sent me a lavalier mic. And so I don't think it's a particularly remarkable one, but it's a heck of a lot better matter. than my crummy AirPods. And also and you so, won't look dumb with an AirPod in your ear anymore. Yeah, I really yeah, didn't like yeah. that. <laughs> I didn't either, but it was the best option I had at the time. Yes, there is no way you could have done that without it. Right? When you're standing yeah. away and like talking... If you wouldn't have done that, like people think that that audio was bad, you would have not 
it purely would have been unusable. The audio would have been unusable with how far you were away from the phone. Right, right. So it was the best that you could do given with the tools that you had. But yeah, a, a gimbal would be really useful to you basically every single time you're shooting something. With the type of thing that you're shooting, it would be incredibly useful. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. But I mean, I've learned a lot. I had a lot of fun. It was uh, Final Cut is deeply frustrating. And we I don't think it's worth getting into right now. But I've never edited a podcast ever, ever mm-hmm. in my life. It's all I've been a diva about it, right? I've always just shown up, said my uh-huh. thing, and walked away. Uh-huh. And so because of that, I don't really know what this kind of, I don't even know the term, like linear time editing thing, whatever this is, this magic that happens with like a timeline and weird stuff going on. Like I've never, ever dealt with that before. So for like you or Steven or Marco, like you guys do this all the time. So I'm not saying it's it's exactly one-to-one, but at least my understanding is it's in the ballpark where for me, this was all like, oh God. Oh, God, what do I do with this? And Final Cut is easy enough that I was able to reason my way through it. But uh, there were definitely some times I was blowing Steven up on Slack saying, how do I do this? How do I do that? And he was very patient and very kind with his time and and helped me in, in a few different ways. But um, it, it was it was deeply... Uh, unnerving or, or intimidating is a better word for it because I don't know what I'm doing. And, I, and I'm very, despite the fact that I can tell you th- like probably 15 different things that are wrong with the first three minutes of that video, I am deeply proud of what I, what I was able to create. And I feel like I've achieved my goal that I spoke about either on this show or ATP that you can look at that and say, you know, this is not that technically sound and this is a bit too long if not way too long and he's a bit too reserved if not way too reserved but but i see where he's going with this and this might have some legs and in that sense i'm very proud of what i accomplished and i've said and i've accomplished what i set out to accomplish which is make something that i'm not yet anyway deeply embarrassed by so i consider that a win and what something i forgot to mention until now 16,000 views. It's real good, man. You should, be ha- prop- you should really be happy with that. That's good. I am happy. I am very happy with that. Uh, I am a little disappointed with the fact that I have not yet achieved monetization status. Um, I am, I've been Do in not be for concerned like about it because it there's I no know. money in it. Right, like the only I worry know, about but, it if you were leaving thousands of dollars on the table, you may have I made a, a wholesome $30 by now. Well, it's thirty dollars. I wouldn't have otherwise. But actually, I mean, if you, you know what? The... I think I may have been overshaking that. It might have been more like it might be more like seven dollars, honestly. Well, either way. But if you look at the thumbs down versus thumbs up, and admittedly, this is my audience, right? Like, I'm pretty darn sure this is only maybe occasionally breached out of my audience. But I'm I'm twenty five thumbs down, seven hundred eighty five thumbs up, which is three percent thumbs down. That's that's pretty good, right? I mean, that's a ninety seven percent. You know, if if you were thinking of it as like a test at, at school, I'm pretty darn happy with that. And I'm sure if this reaches outside my audience, that'll take a drastic turn. But sitting here now, yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased with it. It's not it's not as bad as you think it is. Yeah, I thought I did okay. I love all of the suggested. Like the the algorithm knows what this video is. very interesting (laughs) is that shared is that shared amongst everyone like is it roughly the same videos for Mm, everyone possibly i mean i just see a bunch of other videos about this car okay 
right? Yeah, see, I see some videos from, like, things that I follow, from channels I follow, and then other videos about this car. I got, like, Car Wow, Auto Car, Girl on Swiss Roads, Redline Reviews, Everyday Driver, Savage Geese. Yeah, Savage Geese and Everyday Driver I follow. Uh, I'm surprised you don't see a Doug DeMiro there, because he he was the most direct... Uh, inspiration for this so eh, whatever yep. well, i'm happy with it That's i mean do you feel like works eh, do you feel like i should be embarrassed or do you feel like i'm okay no i think you should be very proud of what you've achieved thanks man more than I'm anything because you actually just did it right like irrespective yeah. <laughs> of the quality you actually did sure. it yeah i'm pretty happy with that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at squarespace Enter the offer code FEELS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace that you easily create the website that you have for your next idea of a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more. Whether you want to create an online store, portfolio, blog, or just about any type of website, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that can give you all of the tools that you need. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. You can take advantage of their wonderful templates that are fully customizable to help you show off your great ideas and even give your site a beautiful name and brand but with the ability to grab a unique domain name and even take advantage of some of their uh, logo creation tools as well. They have a Squarespace. They're really cool. There's nothing to install. There are no patches to worry about. There are no upgrades needed. Squarespace take care of all of that. They've got you covered. You don't have to worry about it. Their plans start at just $12 a month. When you decide to sign up, use an offer code. Use the offer code FEELS at checkout and you'll get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for this show. You can also sign up for a free trial with no credit card required just by going to squarespace.com. And don't forget the offer code FEELS when you sign up for 10% off. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So we have reached that time. The time has come, the time is here. <laughs> I'm so sad. It is the end of Firefly, and in with that, we will be discussing the uh, two-hour-long episode of Firefly, uh, <laughs> referred to as Serenity. Mm-hmm. I'll ask you a question about the movie. You may not know the answer to this, but how did this movie get made? Like, how and why did this movie get made? It looks like it had a pretty big budget, and I don't understand why it was ever made, considering it had been cancelled from TV. So I am not 100% sure that the following is factual, but my understanding is that the DVD sales of Firefly went bananas. As a result, they realized, oh, people actually like this show. And I think you and I discussed way early on that, that the part of the problem with Firefly was that they kept moving the time. They didn't market it well. They ran the episodes out of order, but then they ran it like the first episode was at, and I'm making this up, Friday at 7. The next episode was Tuesday at 6. The third episode was Tuesday at 9. You know what I mean? And so it was just like, it was this bouncing show that was never consistent. And so it turns out, if you actually treat it with respect, it's a really great show. And so I thought the story was that all these DVD sales went through the roof. And so they were, the, you know, the Universal Studios ended up buying the rights from Fox and saying, okay, you know, we'll make a movie of it. And I think the budget was like 40 million. I think they either Joss Whedon had originally asked for 100 million or something like that, or maybe they had initially promised 100 million and then somehow or another it got back down to 
about 40 million, which is, I mean, it's a serious amount of money, although it's a serious movie with a lot of special effects. So, I mean, that money goes quick, but I don't know. What did you think of it? What did you think of it all in all? I know that you, I know that you didn't see a whole lot of Inara in this, which will make you sad, but <laughs> that aside, what did you think of the movie? A bigger budget is kind to this world. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought and still think that the special effects that are used um, in Firefly stand up well, but they just don't use a lot of them. Sure. And more special effects makes for a much more compelling time. This film's really, really good. It is my favorite thing out of all of it. Yay! Um, yeah, I, I actually. The, the film is much. very, very good. It's just a good science fiction movie. Um, you could, I reckon, probably watch this and get away with it, but I, th- I think you would probably have need to have seen the show to get it. Um, well, c- it's funny you say that though, because I don't remember if we discussed this on the show, but I actually saw this before I saw an episode of Firefly. And I'm sure many people did. I'm sure you could watch this and enjoy it, but I think that really to understand everything of what's actually happening here, like there are characters that are introduced in the movie and you wouldn't have any idea why or how, like Shepherd Book. Like, I don't understand, why would you, you know, like, it's like, oh, what, he's just this guy that they go to? Like, why do they care about him so much? You know, like, I feel like that 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 you really, having watched the show, you can enjoy the movie at the level you're supposed to enjoy it. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah, you definitely would prefer, one would prefer to have seen all the episodes. My point is just that it was still, like, even as someone who had never seen the show, and this was early enough that the show hadn't reached this, like, cult following. It it was, like, recently uh, off-air or something like that when I saw Serenity. Um, I still really enjoyed Serenity, having never seen the show. I wish I had seen it in the order that you did, because I think I would have enjoyed it that first time way, way, way more. So I'm not trying to. I would have enjoyed everything more, right? Because there's a lot given away, and a lot of things happen that would make you feel differently about the show, right? Like knowing the way that certain characters end and the way that their certain relationships end, you, I think you lose a lot of the will they, won't they type stuff. Sure. So, all in all, you liked it? I really did. Yes, I really did. Uh, Obviously, the movie focuses on River. Like, River is the star of the show. Um, It's her backstory, and uh, she is kind of like a sleeper cell agent who's engaged, right? And that's kind of like the, the main crux of the movie is trying to work out what is going on there. And then, at the same time, they're being chased down by the operative which is referred to as the operative no name and uh i i've i enjoyed all of that like i enjoyed the way that that story was told um did you uh, did you like the operative as a character and secondary question was it nice to hear your accent on screen i don't even notice um Honestly, I didn't notice. Uh, but yeah, I did. I did. I did like. I liked it a lot. Now, again, we're clearly both doing this, trying to avoid uh, the actor's name because it is <laughs> a real mouthful. I think it's Chiwetel Ejiofor. I think something like that. Yeah, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Like, it's, it's a guy that I know very well. He's in Marvel movies now. I think too. Uh, no, is he? Is he? I no, I don't think he is. He's, is he not in... Yeah, he's in Doctor Strange. Oh, I haven't seen Doctor Strange. Sorry. 
Yeah, so I mean, I the reason I noticed because I just saw that like a few. Weeks well, he was ago. in Love Actually. That's where I was I in knew Love him Actually. From. Yep. Well, I think I saw him in this first, but and I know, you know otherwise from Love you know, Actually. He's going to be in The Lion King, and he's playing the voice of Scar. Oh, that's interesting. Because you know they're doing a, a live action. Yeah, I did know that. Like live action inverted commas live action Lion <laughs> King. Because it's not actually yeah, like it's like live action CG meaning. It's real animals, like real-looking animals, not cartoon-looking sure. animals, right? In the same way that they did, like, live-action Jungle Book. And they didn't really get a bear called Baloo to do it. <laughs> you know, that's not how that worked. Right now. Um, yeah, I, there were lots of parts of this movie that I really liked. There was something that I thought was really funny, like, uh, where there were moments of it that looked like Star Wars, none more than when they're standing on that platform with no barriers and a horrifically long drop. It's like, oh, it's Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, I love you're, the, you're talking the, about Mr. Universe's like layer or whatever. No, no, this is right at the beginning when um, it's like the flashback for how Simon broke out River. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's more of it. But there are barriers at least. Like there are little like <laughs> rails around the Mr. Universe situation. Um, I really like the way that uh, the operative kills that. Doctor Dude, making him die on his so own die on sword. It's awesome. It, it, it was cool, but so messed up. Like so weird. And then then he looks over. This is a good death. Like what is happening right now? But I think it does a great job of establishing the operative as both peculiar and utterly like remorseless and dedicated to his craft. Even though his craft is murdering people, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, it was pretty cool. Have you ever seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I am aware of it, but I I have never seen it, no. All right, so one of the guys called Dennis is in this movie, which is just hilarious. But he is the guy that Mal pushes off the the cart, like, oh, mm-hmm. and then shoots in the head. Yeah. Right? What did you think mm-hmm. of that part? When the Reavers have come. At the time, I didn't really think think that much of it like i i i think i was i was predisposed to agree with mal partially because i freaking love that character even with his foibles but just because he you know i'm i'm in the headspace of our heroes but i wonder if that was really the nicest thing in the world to do like why wouldn't you have brought him on board and maybe jettison the money or something like that which eventually zoe questions him on later in the movie but I certainly think that shooting him was the. How does Zoe phrase it? Like that, that was a. Yeah, I don't know how something. she phrases it, but that's merciful, right? Like that was the right thing to do. That was a so, spot of mercy or something. Yeah. I forget how because she this it, yeah. is akin to what Jane does, that gets him kicked out of that town. Mm. Right earlier, earlier in the show, he had mm. a friend and they couldn't take off. Yeah. So he yeah. pushed his friend out of the the guy that he was working with out of the spaceship so he could keep the money. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think of it that way. That's a really good point. Uh, so, like, I know he doesn't know this guy, but, like, Mal should have more compassion than Jane. But yeah. yet he still did it. I thought it was a peculiar choice, a character choice to make. Because, like, you know, I've said many times that one of the things that I'm never quite sure about in this show is, like, how... Like, what is Mal's, like, alignment as a character? Like, mm-hmm. is he good or bad? And, like, uh, this that was just a bad thing he did. 
because it wasn't the case of like Zoe clears it up. It wasn't the case of like that he would have had to have thrown somebody else off. He could have tried throwing the money off and he didn't. And like, and again, I get his point, right? He's like, I have a crew to feed, I have people to pay, but like, he chose that over another human life, and that that was a pecu- that was a peculiar choice, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I really liked a lot of the action sequences in this movie. Like that that one was really great, right? Like just the chase um, through and the like the Reavers are chasing them. Really interesting to me that like Reavers, this is the second time that you actually see them in the whole arc, mm. um, mm-hmm. which obviously wasn't meant to be the case, right? Like, I assume that Reavers are meant to be, like, Klingons. You know, like, they were, like, the always-there thing that pop up every time and time <laughs> again, you know? Like, they they sure. but like they just never got the chance again in Season 1 because they were trying to use them sparingly. Um, right. So I'm pleased that, like, two, th- you know, two things happened in this movie, that one, the, the Reavers come back, and two, we kind of find out about what caused it. Um, I like that. But like that, this was a really good se- sequence, which ends in them being like picked up, and then like, uh, then like the one barn of, swallow. Yeah, the barn swallow, which is a very <laughs> hilarious. Uh, I like that they go to to uh, they go to Blade Runner Town, which is good. So I'm pleased that they go there. Uh, I, that was hilarious to me. It's like, oh, okay, so we've seen Blade Runner, um, and now we've made Blade Runner. I haven't. Town. I haven't. No, but look, you I'm haven't. Sorry. But Joss Whedon has. That's my point. Uh, fair point. Joss fair Whedon's point. seen it because he makes Blade Runner Town. Um, which is where the Tams leave, and that's where River kind of becomes activated and just beats the crap out of everybody. So and- was that amazing for you? Because it's hard for me, since I saw this first, like I didn't know, I didn't have any reason um, not to expect her to kill everyone, but like I can imagine I for 100% you that would be... expected that that would occur. Like, okay. this was what I was expecting would happen in the movie, is that she would, you would get the payoff to all of the kind of references her being a killing machine right they talk about it in was it the final episode or one of the final episodes of the first season where uh kaylee talks about the fact that she saw river kill those guys Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right like this was always what it was building to for me like the moment that you find out that she's actually a killing machine yeah that makes sense so and then uh the operative visits an R and tricks her, right? Gets everybody to go there. Um, then we find out that Shepard has his own sanctuary because, like, he's not there and Anara's not there, and that's where they are, right? Like, Anara is back at some institute or something, right? Which is assume where the companions are. Like, she's training companions, was kind of my expectation of what was occurring. Something um, like that, I think. Yeah, and that Shepard book has his own, like, place, like a haven, they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that they knew that Anara's message was a trap. <laughs> like they just they knew, but they went to it anyway. Uh, I like that a lot because that was one of those things where I'm like, "Oh, so this is obviously a trap. Can they not see that?" And then like, "No, we know." I was like, "Oh, great! Like this is what I like about Joss Whedon that like he builds to these conventions and then like pulls the rug from underneath you." I like that. A yep, lot. yep, yeah. Well, you all were watching. I take it. Did you see us fight? No trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And, and that obviously has way more payoff if you've seen the series than if you're just coming into the movie cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, I like the scene between the operative and Mal when they have the fight, right? And like the operative mm-hmm. just beats the hell out of him. And then Nara set that flash bomb thing and they escape. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested in the timing of that bomb, like just how that worked. 
Like it's because it's a movie. That's ah, why. yes, 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 yes. I hear you though. Yeah, it was ex- exceedingly convenient that right when the operative was like leaning over or something like that, or about to do a kill shot on Mal, that's when the incense decides it's no longer incense. But mm-hmm. I agree with you that 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 fight was really impressive, and I th- I'm pretty sure Aaron had said to me at this point because I don't think this was an original thought on my part that the thing that kind of defines Mal is just his persistence. Like he gets his butt whooped all the time, mm-hmm. but his refusal to just roll over and be done is I think his greatest asset, right? Like he gets beat up some fierce by the operative here and then is darn near killed by the operative later. And yet he just fights through it and makes it work anyway. And I think that's what makes Mal, that's his greatest benefit, right? Is that he just fights through it no matter what. And that's, I think that's kind of cool. So then like on the ship, River, um, after Jane attempts to do something stupid, River knocks him out, takes out Simon uh, to stop him from saying the safe word that would send her to sleep. And she wants to go to a place called Miranda. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, because that's that's where she wants to go, and they find out that it's this place that that they kind of didn't know about. And um, but before that, they're gonna go to Shepherd's Haven, and they find out that everybody's dead. Like that, the Alliance killed everybody. Yeah, you're skipping uh, one of my favorite lines from the movie, though. When when they're getting grumpy about the fact that that River and Simon are back on the ship, and and Mal, you know, yells at Jane, "Do you want to run this ship?" And Jane, of course, oh, says, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. And then Mal just, well, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's like a whole scene where they're talking about the war, but. Yeah, which I actually liked the way that was handled because um, uh, Jane yells at Mal as he's like trying to walk away or something like that. Hey, I'm talking at you, which is a very Jane. I like that. Like, and, yeah. Yeah, which, yeah, and in American English, that's very peculiar. I don't know if that's that's common to you guys, but to, to us, that's a very f- odd phrasing. Hey, I'm talking at no, you. No, no, it's, and, it's, okay. it's how it's intended to be. Okay, and so then Mal just kind of like, I can't, I don't know how to verbalize it, and maybe you didn't notice this, but he kind of like, his whole body just kind of like pivots in a way that looks somewhat unnatural, but is very like uh, uh, intimidating, and 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 Jane continues to pick and says, how many men in your platoon came out alive? And then all of a sudden they cut to, to Zoe, and she looks in this way that you can tell she is not messing around and she just says to Jane you want to leave this room and I think he's like you're darn right I did or something like that because he has to do that because he's Jane but like that whole exchange I think in so few words says so much and I really really loved it yeah it was very good it was very very good so then uh, they also they know they got to pass through Reavers right so like they pretend to be Reavers they like put dead bodies on the ship from the haven and they paint it a little bit red in places and they use that as a way to get through to where they arrive on Miranda um, um, before we continue our discussion on the movie and complete our discussion on Firefly completely uh, let me thank Linode for also supporting this week's show 
Linode has fast and powerful hosting options that you can get set up in seconds. Their tools are easy to understand and let you choose your resources in the Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility that you need. And Linode's plans start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Linode has 400,000 customers who are all serviced by their friendly 24-7 support team. You can email them, call them, or even chat with them over the ISC in the Linode community. If you need help, they're there for you. Linode's control panel is beautifully designed with a focus on ease and simplicity. It allows you to deploy, boot, resize, and clone your virtual server in just a few clicks. They have comprehensive guides and support documentation to teach you everything you need to know for setting up and managing your virtual servers. They are the full package for your server infrastructure needs. They have the power you require and the infrastructure that you need and want. Linode has fantastic pricing options available to you. As I said, you can get one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month with your virtual server or go all the way up to 16 gigabytes of RAM for just $60 a month. Across the board, Linode are offering twice the amount of RAM you'll find elsewhere. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash analog, you'll not only be supporting us, you'll also be getting $20 towards any Linode plan with a seven-day money-back guarantee. There is nothing to lose. So, Go to linode.com slash analog to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or use the promo code analog2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. So they arrive on Miranda, which is this incredibly developed planet when they were expecting to find something that basically didn't exist. Uh, which was obviously a surprise to everybody. They were expecting this planet, which couldn't be terraformed, and there was a terrible disaster, which led it to be nothing. And they find out that there are all these people there who were, like, kind of poisoned. Like The powers that be were putting this chemical in the air to, like, chill everyone out, right, so they wouldn't be fighting. But what this actually did was chill everybody out so much that they just eventually died from chill. <laughs> that is accurate. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure I would have phrased it that way, but that is accurate. And they, the, the way they described it is that they basically just gave up on life and they just kind of like laid down and just stopped what they were doing. And just no, but like giving up, away. I think, is making it sound like it's sad. They just stopped. Yeah, they just stopped yeah, bothering. Like they just, they just was just like whatever, and then they just didn't do anything anymore. However, ten percent of people had a bad reaction. The opposite they, reaction. They became not chilled in the most <laughs> not, chilled, not chilled way, and they became the Reavers. That's the story. They didn't go to the edge of space, as Jane said. He went to the edge of space, and he was a small space. No, these people are chemically changed. That's why they act the way that they do. And they're zombies. That's what they are. They're, at this point, we realize that the Reavers are effectively zombies because they act like zombies. They walk and talk like zombies. They break through doors like zombies. They're zombies. <laughs> they look like zombies. They're zombies. Yeah, basically accurate. Um, and then they decide that they need to tell the world about this, right? So they want to tell everyone about what's happened. They want to share this with the world. So off they go, and they know they're going to bump up against the Alliance at some point on the way, so they they trick the Reavers into following them. Um, I do have a question 
in that like if they knew that the alliance were going to be in their way so so much that they would bring the reavers to them right did they not assume that this means the operative would have killed mr universe that's an interesting point i hadn't thought of it that way but yeah that's fair like, if they think that they're going to be in the way, it means they're already on their way back from the place that they're going to. And the only reason, knowing everything that they know up to that point about what happens when the operative goes anywhere, is he kills everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I found that peculiar. Like, that was really weird to me. Um, But yeah, by bringing the Reavers in, they start a big gunfight, and it allows them to get through because they smash up a bunch of the ships. And then it ends in this, like, ends up in this, like, um, they're in this, like, underground bunker, and there's just, like, an all-out shootout, right? Like a wave tower defense type scenario while Mal's going to go into the communications tower, uh, and they're gonna, they're gonna go send a message. But before they do that, they have to land the ship. <sighs> they land the ship by destroying the ship, effectively, and Wash is a leaf on the wind, which I now know where you get that mm-hmm. from. Leaf on the wind. Mm-hmm. Why Watch did they do this? I don't know why they did this. Why did they do this? This made me really mad. I didn't like it. I don't think it added to the story. Um, I don't think they could. He should have killed Wash. I don't understand why Wash was the character that they killed. Uh, well, what about Shepherd Book? That was enough, right? But but Shep was like you could kill that character because he was less like part of the core group right like the adventurers right of like zoe Mm -hmm. and kaylee and mal and wash i feel like they are like the four untouchables in the show right because Mm -hmm. they are the most likable characters they're the ones that you associate with the most and everybody else i think to a point is more expendable like everyone wants to see jane get killed which is why they won't kill him um (laughs) and like tam is like he's a nice guy but he's also like a snooty fancy guy, so it's like, you know, like you could let him go. River, like, you don't, up until this movie, you don't really get River's character fleshed out. She, she, so she's like, not really as like built in with everybody else. Like, I feel like it was a, I don't know why he did it. I didn't, I don't like that he did it. Um, and it makes me sad that he did it and i'm sure that like in the chat room right now everyone's giving me their theories of why he did it i don't care i I think that it was the wrong decision uh i feel like anybody actually anyone else even mal getting killed would have been better than wash because of zoe like you leave zoe and i don't like that right like that i think that's the thing that was the most upsetting for me it wasn't that like wash was killed it was that because him being killed left her and i don't think that that was I don't know. I didn't like that. So the story I read, and this may be false, but the story I read was that there was talk even at the time that this was being scripted and filmed of potentially doing a sequel to this film. And everyone had said, yes, I am definitely coming in for the sequel if there is one, except Alan Tudyk, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his name, and Ron Glass, who are... Uh, Wash and Shepard Book. And so because there was no guarantee that they would be around for a sequel, they decided to just end their characters in this movie and remove, you know, just just make the problem go away. Seems a bit petty, if you ask me. There are a million different ways to deal with that situation than kill the characters. Because you're only harming the fans, 
by killing the characters. Yeah, and I'm still sad about Wash dying, which is yeah. stupid, but I'm still sad about that, it. Like, if that if that was the reason, that reason's a dumb reason. It is what it is. You can start the movie with Wash at Wash's funeral, the second movie. Like, yeah, yeah, that's all you have to do. Like, I don't know why I felt the need to kill him. I didn't like that decision. It made me super sad. I was less happy about the rest of the movie and how it went because he dies super close to the end when there's meant to be this huge, amazing action sequence payoff set piece. But the whole time, I'm just sad. Like, so yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was it was weirdly paced. It was a real shock as well, which I didn't like. Uh, yeah, I, I, that was the one part of the movie that I didn't like. I, I don't think that it was even handled the way best the way that it should be, because like there wasn't even a grieving moment for Zoe. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't like that too much. Um, but anyway, that 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 final action set piece is good with the guns and the shooting and everybody's helping each other and everyone's getting shot and everyone's getting killed to the point that then. What happens is what you expect is going to happen, uh, which is that River jumps through the little hole and she just kills every single one of the Reavers, like just kills them all, all of them. You know, um, even though Wash oh, is... Oh, to hell death. with this, I'm going to live. Kaylee's line, amazing <laughs> line. Love her so, so much. Good. So good. Um, I I am always deeply bothered by Wash's death, but... What always chokes me up in this movie every single time is when River says to Simon, you know, and I don't think I wrote down the quote, but it's something along the lines of like, you always take care of me. You've always taken care of me. Now it's my turn. And I just, oh God, it kills me every time. Yes, good. It's good. Oh, it's so good. It's so few words. And I think that's what I love so much about this, this entire series is not to say that it's never wordy but in so many cases they take something that if i were writing it would have been like 17 paragraphs and they can sum it up in a couple of sentences and oh god i mean in this you could argue this is two words my turn like oh god it just kills me every time and i always get a little bit weepies every time i hear it and she just kicks so much so much butt it is such a great payoff for someone who's rode through this entire series wondering what the hell river's problem was what a great payoff and whilst we don't get any concrete payoff relationship-wise to either Nara or Mal or Simon and Kaylee, we can naturally assume by the way that their stories ended that that those are two relationships. That that yeah. big karma thing. And then the it ends with like River, she flies the ship now. Like and she so she has her kind of her arc is over like she's able to function more now and and she's tapped into something more in her brain would be my assumption that allows her to kind of whilst not be the person that she was before she can she can be more high functioning um from like a regular level because she's realized i guess the amount of potential she has in her brain to do incredible and wonderful things so really really good movie i loved it um i'm I'm sad that the show is done, uh, but I'm really happy, very, very happy that you forced me via many different means <laughs> to watch this. Um, so thank you for doing that. And I've also very much enjoyed having this segment on the show. Uh, do you want to talk about what we're going to do next? I do in just a moment, though. So do you feel like the leaving aside Serenity, do you feel like Firefly, the TV series, is something that you you could or perhaps even would choose to rewatch at some point 
probably. Yeah. Sure. I mean, right now it's still fresh. Like so I would download really it on my iPad to watch on a plane trip. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Now, what about the movie? Yeah, I'll do it when I've done every time I've done a TV show. Like I, I feel like I would probably want to do them all together. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine wanting to do one without the other being involved because they really do lend like blend into each other so well that I guess once you've seen it one time, then like why wouldn't you want to do it that way every time? Yeah, um, I would be remiss to not mention that apparently there's a like three novel or graphic novel series or something like that. I'm not entirely clear of the details that covers, I think the time between the end of Firefly and beginning of Serenity, or maybe it's right after Serenity. I forget exactly when it is or what it is, but I've heard numerous people say to me that you and I really need to read that. I haven't really looked into this yet. I am not committing to reading it. I'm not committing to Mike reading it, but if you're interested listeners or Mike, Apparently, there is a short series that I think are like small graphic novels, wherein you can get a lot of these answers, um, hmm. if you are so interested. Um, that being said, I appreciate you going through this journey with me. I'm glad that you have at least mildly enjoyed it, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed it. Um, and like Mike said, we were thinking, or have been thinking, you know, what's another thing that we can do that's similar, but maybe a little easier to deal with because i mean this is a relatively large time commitment for us and the listeners to watch a 40 minute episode every couple of weeks and and a two-hour movie you know etc etc so we were discussing what to do and we're gonna give something a try and neither mike nor i are making any guarantees that we're gonna stick with this idea we may try this decide it's not for us and then move on or make an amendment or make an amendment or change course or something like that. But our thought is for the next show, and I think we can dedicate to watching one episode and discussing one episode. Is that mm-hmm. fair to say? Mm-hmm. All right. So for the next show, we are going to watch the very first episode of a YouTube series called Crash Course Computer Science. And this, the shtick to this series is it's currently 38 episodes that are each between 10 and 15 minutes, generally speaking. And the shtick is, it's, um, it's a woman whose name I don't have in front of me, and I feel terrible about that. Shoot. I'm sorry. But uh, Carrie Ann. Uh, and so I don't know if that's her. I don't know if that's two first names or first name, last name. But anyways, it's this uh, delightful lady, Carrie Ann. And she starts from like the bare bones of mechanical computing. And I forget exactly. I watched the first episode a couple of months back, but it's basically like vacuum tubes or maybe even like punch cards or Babbage or something like that. So I'm talking like 17, 1800s. And she starts there and talks about the beginning of computing. And over 38 episodes, walks all the way through vacuum tubes, transistors, chips, oh, Boolean logic, and then chips, and and binary, and then the internet, and then cloud, the, you know, the, what, what is the cloud, cloud computing, machine learning, et cetera, et cetera. I am pretty confident that even if Mike and I enjoy reviewing and, and talking about these, we probably are not going to go all 38 episodes, because especially toward the end, it gets to be kind of crazy town banana pants. But... We're going to try the first episode, which is called Early Computing. We'll put a link in the show notes. It's 11 minutes, 53 seconds. And we're going to give that a shot and see what we think. And we'll talk about it on the next episode. And maybe Mike, Mike says, you know what? This is really fun and let's stick with it. Or maybe we say we'll try the, another three and then we'll be done. And we'll see. 
But the, the really cool thing about these videos is that they each build upon the prior. So once you see the early computing video, the next video is electronic computing. And they talk about, okay, well, in the beginning, we were talking about punch cards and blah, blah, blah. Now let's add vacuum tubes or whatever the case may be. Again, I haven't seen this in a while. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see what Mike thinks. We'll see what I think. We'll see what the listeners think. And maybe we'll learn a little something because my thought was this would be a really fun way to give Mike and uh, to give Mike a better understanding about how all this stuff he uses every day is held together and to refresh my memory on how all this stuff works and make me learn it even better because I don't know everything in these videos. I've learned a lot of it, but I don't know everything. And, and hopefully the two of us bouncing questions against each other and, and off, of, uh, off of each other will be kind of interesting for both of us and the listeners as well. So this this idea first came to me as uh, watching the programming part of this crash course. That was the first way that you'd mentioned this to me, like that there was this programming thing. And I didn't mm-hmm. know that it was the whole thing until we were talking about it last week while we were nailing down the idea. Now, I am more interested in the programming part than like in the, here's how RAM works part. Sure. But I'm. This is why I'm saying we're going to give it a go because what we, there's one of three outcomes. Outcome one is we do a vast chunk of this beginning from episode one, um, and if we decide to do this, we'll probably do two, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. crash course episodes per analog episode. But we're initially just going to watch the first one so we can make our decision, and we'll, we'll obviously on the next episode you'll know what we decide. Um, we're either going to do the whole thing until we get bored of it. Uh, or decide that it's time to wrap it up. Or we will skip straight to probably early programming, which is the 11th, and probably run it all the way up until maybe the 20th or the 25th or something like that when it when it goes back outside of like software again and programming. Or we'll just decide that this was a bad idea and look for another <laughs> TV show or something. Or yeah. completely can this watch-along segment completely, but... Yeah, so there you go. There, there are kind of our uh, next options, but we want to give this one a go because there's a joke, right? The programmer joke, but I would, it wouldn't be a bad idea for me to maybe just learn a little bit more uh, from a trained professional as opposed to people like you just trying to explain it to me by keep repeating the same things over and over again. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what we're going to try out next. And uh, we hope that you will watch the first episode. So like the first full episode. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to the Crash Course uh, playlist page on YouTube. So we're looking at early computing, Crash Course Computer Science number one is what we will be watching for the next episode of Analog. Unless Casey's gone for paternity leave, um, <laughs> which could happen at any point. Oh, God, I if hope he not has, yet. Uh, not yet. Then, uh, no, but we're looking at the 19th of December, which is not impossible. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, if he does, I have a plan for that. Um, so, yeah, you'll see. But we'll be back uh, next time. Until then, say goodbye, Casey Liz. I'll see you later, Mike.